Good morning and welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacy Harris and John Sumter. I'm John and Stacy's around the corner. How are you, Stacy? Good morning, John. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I am home this week in North Carolina still, enjoying the sunshine that is trying to peep out. Um, but you're not. You're traveling this week, or at least sort of traveling. You're 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 in California still, but at an event, right? Right. I'm at the uh, Social Recruiting Strategy Conference, which is a, which is an interesting gathering of recruiters, and we're on Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco this morning. One of my favorite places. It's beautiful. Is, is the weather good this today and holding out for you guys there? Is the weather, it nice and the sunny? weather's good today. The weather's good today. It looks like the sun might be out. It's good. It's, I think it's going to be a good day. Nice place to nice place to be for a good day. Well, it sounds like a, a social recruiting is a is a big topic. What do you guys? What what is your presentation on? Just so we know what you'll be talking about in a few minutes. <laughs> Well, actually, actually I, I'm talking about the uh, – thanks for asking. talking about the future of recruiting, and it's, it's an interesting topic because I have to cover what is artificial intelligence in the middle of that, and that's that, that at its best, that, that's a, a sort of a, a dense chunk of, of a presentation. But it, it looks to me like, like there is great change happening in recruiting that is, that is on the verges of being disrupted, and the the technology stuff is just a part of that story. So so that's what I'm going to explore. Well, I I wish I could be a fly on that wall in there. I I will we'll have to hear how the presentation goes. It sounds like it'll be fun. Um, obviously, the recruiting is a hot topic right now. There's no doubt about it. Everybody's talking about the changes taking place. Um, but I think it's been a hot topic for like the last ten years. So I don't think that's changed much, has it? <laughs> well, you, you know, it's it's a it's a challenging discipline. The 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 success rate in recruiting is slightly better than 50%. You know, the the statistic is that somewhere between 40 and 50% of uh, hiring managers regret their hiring decision a year later. And um, um, that's something that can be addressed, uh, but, but it's not something that's on the radar to be addressed from what I can tell. Wow, well, that's that, that's a pretty pretty bad rate there. I guess uh, if if we got that kind of rate in other service industries, there'd be an issue there. I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, you know, the really interesting thing about hiring is that the feedback loop is so long that it's really difficult to see what you're doing, right? Because you don't know if the thing was a success or a failure for a year. And so you you get the hiring done and you move on to the next hiring problem. And meanwhile, um, half the time that relationship is not doing well. Um, and, um, and and you can't the recruiting to make sure that 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 works by hovering over it. Um, but but it, it gets detached from the recruiting process fairly quickly. Well, um, the, the the conversations that will be happening, I'm sure, all through your uh, event this week will be, is that something that can be resolved by better tracking, by better technology, by better matching, by better artificial intelligence? Um, it'll be a, a busy conference, I'm sure. 
So yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting conversation. So thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. And how is your getting ready for the next survey coming along? Uh, we're we're quite busy. Um, for uh, those who are who follow uh, the work we do at Sierra Theater, Aaron, with my counterpart, and I are in the process of coming up with new questions for uh, next year's survey. And, and being that it's the 21st year, we are, are are taking a really deep look at everything. So we're looking at new questions about how we ask about resourcing, which is generally one of the top things people get try and get more data on when they look at our research. We're looking at new questions for um, budgeting, because that's always a hard thing to figure out and, and walk people through when we're gathering data for the HR technology market. Um, and the area of initiatives. You know, you would think that something like asking what's your biggest HR technology initiative would be an easy question to ask. Um, but it's actually really quite hard because there's so many things going on in HR technology, and you don't want to overwhelm people in a survey with the amount of lists and things they have to look at. So that's probably our number one um, challenge this week is to figure out what we ask when we're asking about initiatives. Um, you know, it's simple things like that that you have to work on when you're doing surveys. So people think that, that making a survey is really simple. It's really, really hard, actually, to make it a good survey. So <laughs> That's interesting. So you've got, you've got, like, this window on how complicated the decision-making environment is for a practitioner. That's, yeah. that's, that's a fascinating thing because they have to juggle that same question, right? What's the most important thing here? And there are lots and lots of different kinds of improvements coming at them. Yeah, yeah. And and that's probably the biggest challenge we're seeing in the market right now is that um, in many cases, now that we are resolving some of the really big issues, right, we are, we're resolving the, the what data do I bring in and where do I track my sort of employee profile and and who, you know, what's an employee called and what's a top part-time employee called. I mean, we, not that all of that is completely fixed yet, but at least we're getting to a point where I think some of that is at a baseline level um, where, you know, 80% of the software sort of does all the basics we expect it to. Uh, the next level of things that people are working on is much more complex and um, all over the place as far as the type of technologies that they're looking at. So it's a mixture of I'm working on mobile, I'm working on um, the area of integration because it's just about integrating the data now, or now I'm focusing on things like recruiting, and I'm really thinking about recruiting more than just making my applicant tracking system better. Now I'm thinking about actually how do I improve that stay rate, right? Um, so those are those are questions that we just didn't even think about before because we were just trying to get our data right. So we're we're past that point, I think, now, at least for most companies who have started to uh, optimize. Oh, that's that's a really interesting insight. That's 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 very useful. The um, um, the thing that I'm seeing is that the amount of relevant data that HR is going to have to process is simply skyrocketing. And so, so a little tiny example: uh, the the blood pressure monitor in the hospital room that the nurse uses to check your blood pressure with um, um, has performance data. It knows how long it took. It knows if it had to be done a second time. Um, it knows how long the setup of the machine was. And that sort of data, that sort of performance data is going to become part of performance management. This keystroke um, information, there's movement in the office information, every machine that you touch is going to have an input, 
And that's what the performance management tools are going to have is a is a complete log of everything that you did. Exactly. Yeah. And so your jobs will be tracked at a level that we've never had. And so all that data is going to become HR data. You're exactly right. Yeah. This is. This is I, I think you had a question out not uh, a couple uh, last week or so about you know how do we actually identify what's in an actual job, right, with a job description, which oftentimes is out of date as soon as it gets created, um, you know, is that something that we're going to do from recruiting and from management, or is that going to be something that's going to be captured from tools like what you just talked about, performance management and time and attendance tools, right? Yeah, I think I think the who owns the silo question is up in the air in general in HR and certainly in each of the specifics, because you can't really say that employment branding, for example, isn't learning. Of course it's learning. Of course of course, it's the first learning a person does when they come in touch with the company. And, and as such, to be managed as learning. Um, um, and to, to segregate it away into something that's marketing is and ignore everything that we know about learning is exactly what happens when you have too many silos. Yeah. Well, well, this is actually leads quite well into, into all the different um, uh, topics we have this week because, um, it, you know, when I was pulling, you know, the, the headlines for this week and what's happening in the HR technology space, I was like, well, these are all sort of disparate areas, but at the end of the day, they're all about sort of getting different types of data into the system and tracking it. So, um, you know, I think we're going to see a lot more, um, non-HR data in the HR processes and tools than we've ever experienced before because we've sort of solidified what is HR data, or at least the standard HR data at this point, right, sort of as we were talking about. Um, so to sort of add to that, you know, this week SAP acquired Calidus Software, which is a um, $2.4 billion deal. And that I thought was sort of interesting because it's a Salesforce tool, CRM tool, but it also has some HR components. Um, we also saw this week that MoveGuide acquired Polaris Global Mobility. Um, that was um, another addition to the, to the mobile and move uh, management um, conversations. We can talk a little bit about uh, people man, um, admin and performance matters. So people admin actually um, uh, combined and, ad- and acquired performance matters to create the first comprehensive K-12 through talent management suite. So that probably is only relevant to those who are in the education space, but it's actually a pretty big deal because Performance Matters is much more a student assessment and teacher development tool that's now combining, again, this niche player content that doesn't really have to do with HR, but connecting with People Admin, which is a talent management tool specifically focused on the higher edu- or the K-12 market. And then we also saw that um, uh, People Strong, which is a the talent management organization out of India, focused on the India market, bought a referral company called Grown Out. Uh, again, building in the idea of referrals and content and data management into their platform. And then we also saw that a Dutch HR startup, Telemundo, secured $1.3 million for international expansion this uh, week. Uh, not a huge amount, but um, Talamundo uh, has made quite a slash in the sort of uh, Nordic regions there where it's been focused, the Benelux uh, or Belgian areas as well. And um, ultimately, it looks like they're focusing on uh, expanding internationally. 
Um, if we have time today on top of our other conversations, John, before you take off for your presentation, we also might want to talk a little bit about the HR Global Alliance, which is LRP, which runs HR uh, Tech's annual conference in um, Las Vegas each year in the fall. Um, the HR Technology Conference and Exposition merged with a comp uh, an organization called ZoomConf Personal. It's not merged, it's a partnership, I should probably say is a better way to put it, but they've created the HR Global Alliance, which I think is going to be a new event. And then on top of all this, there's a lot of talk about healthcare this week with um, organizations that are very large, Amazon, Berkshire Hathaway, JP Morgan, um, coming out and saying that they're going to put together a new company that is a basically not required to make profit at this point at least, um, focusing on employee health care for their employees because they think that it is too costly for their companies and for their employees right now. Um, so it's a busy week, but a lot of different things, adding data that you were talking about. Um, those are interesting ways to think about all the data that we're going to be covering in HR, I think. Well, and, and if, you, if you think back through your list, it's all global. It's yeah. all on on a bigger stage than American HR tech, and that that adds um, amazing complexity to the data conversation. That puts that puts us squarely in the intersection of data and GDPR. And my my sense is that people are quite relaxed about GDPR, and it will get um, urgent as enforcement starts to happen. I would I would agree as well. We we just did a, a, a session um, uh, on GDPR, um, another webinar that was done uh, for the IRM group, and um, with the with a nice large audience. And I was surprised by how many questions were coming out of that event. I think I think people are still trying to figure it out, and so it will be an opportunity. I think. Um, to rethink how we think about data management in many of our companies, um, which might be part of the um, the decision that SAP, um, and obviously not the GDPR, but the fact of thinking about data management, what we own, and where all that comes together. Um, Calidus is a is a CRM um, Salesforce tool focused basically, it, it seems, I, I don't know the tool all that well, but on the sales to lead to money sort of process when it comes to the sales management. Um, they have about 5,800 business clients. It sounds like they're sort of in the mid to, to large size uh, range uh, from sizes. But what I think was really interesting is that when it was mentioned that SAP was going to be purchasing them, there was a lot of commentary about how now they're going to have the same ability to be able to, you know, once this is all integrated and the acquisition goes through and everything, to say that they can access sort of marketing and front office information that can then be combined with HR and business information the way we're hearing sort of Oracle and Microsoft tout that uh, when they're talking about, you know, their HR technologies as well. Do you think GDPR is going to put a hold on some of that, combining that kind of data, the way these, these businesses are thinking about it? You, you know, I don't know. I would expect that that, um, that Oracle and SAP would have pretty well thought out GDPR strategies at this point in time. Whether or not they can get their customers to, to play along, that's a, that's, that's a different thing. But, 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 yeah. but you know, these, these big guys have real money at stake if they don't get it right. And so, so they have to, they have to set a model. Um, 
the level of urgency in sort of American companies is is quite different than the level of urgency in European companies. Um, and the interesting thing it's 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 a new it's a new world, right? Because um, this is a European law that you're subject to if you have a single European employee. Yeah. And that's Any, not how yeah. it used to work. <laughs> that's just not how it used to work. And so so that's a that's gonna be a, a, a wake up call. That well, that um, citizenship is, is the national boundary. And it's and it's the conversation that's gonna happen about where your talent is located and, and what kind of talent um your um hiring in some cases. Um that that's gonna be a conversation I don't think that we've we've really had to to sort of go in depth on except for issues like relocation and where you can reach people and, and, and whether or not the job can be done remotely or not, right? Um, this might lead into our next conversation, which is uh, MoveGuide acquiring Polaris's global mobility technology. So for those who don't know MoveGuide, MoveGuide is a, is a technology that, that manages basically um, uh, the uh, global um, talent uh, transition within an organization. And so basically they handle things like um, uh, expat management solutions. They they focus on um, the areas of um, helping organizations uh, manage when someone's going to move to a new country. How do they get that done from moving their house to setting up their their family to all the tax implications, all the things that an organization has to think about when they relocate. Um, members of their organization to different regions or different countries or different places from where they were originally. Um, Move Guides handles a lot of that with a technology tool where they connect all of those pieces and parts. Um, I don't know Polaris very well. Have you had an opportunity to brief with them before, John, Polaris Global Mobility? I do, I, I, I do not know Polaris. Polaris. Don't, don't know them at all. And, and this area, you know, it's, what's really interesting to me, Britt Kennedy, who runs... Uh, uh, move guides is is just cobbling together the most interesting collection of companies and functionality under a single brand that that you've seen in a while, and it's it's in an area that I would never have thought of as a market, which is which is all of the costs and administration associated with moving people around, yeah. um, and, and and it turns out to be a great market, and she is just. Uh, kicking butt, building this thing out. So Polaris is a nice addition to the portfolio. It is a nice addition, and and the thing that's nice about what she's doing, and I think I had this conversation the other day with a with a vendor about this idea of services matched with technology. A lot of what she offers is a front end to a series of very complex and sort of convoluted services that you know, hiring a truck, hiring movers, you know, um, finding out about school district, things like that that just are are not things that are easy to manage, right? So she's created the relationships and the services of knowing the audience, the the various groups that do that, and then connecting them through a technology. Um, fundamentally, it's you know it's a mixture of services and technology, and it seems to be what's making this so interesting. Um, just to comment on what uh, Bryn and them have said that um, they're hoping to get out of the Polaris team, they're 
goal is that Polaris brings um, exceptional expat management, tax, and payroll domain experience. So to add to what else that team already does. So it'll be interesting to watch and see as she continues to expand this portfolio and combines this world of services and technology and sees how far she can take it. So excited to, to hear that she's increasing her team. Um, now, yeah. you've done a little bit of work in a K-12 education. Do you know the People Admin Group and the Performance Managers Group at all, John? I, I've run across People Admin from time to time, and, and Performance Matters, I don't know at all. But th- yeah. this deal is interesting because um, it blends um, sort of student assessments of teachers um, yeah. and teachers' assessments of students with um, guidance for uh, teachers to improve their performance. So it's a performance management deal that they're probably together, right? Yep, exactly. And what's what's interesting about this as well, beyond just sort of this assessment piece is and development conversation, is that um, this is such an industry play. Like, like this is it, – it's hard to think about how this could go – outside of this industry, right? Um, and one of the things I've been hearing over and over and over again about the, the SaaS cloud technology conversation is, can it adapt at an industry level, right? Um, if, you know, it meets 80% of our needs, great. But if I really want to understand performance, I have to get down to the industry level. Some of the things you were talking about, right? Like in the healthcare industry, being able to pull in data from the actual healthcare technology, right? Um, <clears throat> in this area, this is pulling in data from the classroom environment, right? Um, Those are things that uh, are unique to those industries. I mean, this is 5,000 educational institutions. That's not a small number of organizations, right? That's a pretty large number of organizations that this will cover. Um, So I think we're going to see more industry stuff. I think that's, to me, what this really lends itself to is an industry conversation in the cloud space. Are we at a point where um, 80% is great, but I could do better if I got an industry-specific tool, right? So what you're saying is that um, performance management systems have to be context-sensitive. You can't just manage performance because every job has different um, stakeholders and different key evaluators, and accumulating that insight from the stakeholders and evaluators is situation-specific. That's a very good way of saying it. Yes. Yeah, that that would definitely that's, a, that's an excellent way of saying it, which means it has to be either adaptable enough to get to an industry level or tailored specifically for an industry, right? So this is the kind of thinking that I think is coming, by the way, that 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 considering a job in its context in its social network with its observable customers and suppliers, because every job has those, um, that's where you get the information about what a job is, not some description that's used for compensation purposes. Yeah. And, it, <coughs> and we're starting to have huge amounts of very specific data. And the, and the question is going to be, you know, I think, you know, not only are we going to have huge amounts of specific data, but then what can we do with that data? How, you know, it's the anonymization of it. It's the aggregation of it. It's the analysis of it. It's the understanding of the context, right? Um, 
you know, if you're reading, you know, all of the data coming in about turnover, we just had this great conversation before the call about, you know, if if the average turnover is one year, right, or uh, or a year and a half or two years, um, in with new employees. Is that a good or a bad thing? Because you don't know what the makeup of the organization is. Maybe they're fine with having new employees come in and, and come out in a year because they're able to get new ideas and cycle through, right? right? Part of what we have to understand is what is also good and bad within the goal of the organization too, right? Well, that's, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Um, <laughs> probably it's it's more likely to happen that we'll get a good sense of the job than the uh, than, than how to evaluate the values of the company. But that, but the values of the company definitely drive performance in every single measurable area. Right? You, the, the values of the company are the, aren't, aren't they the basic determinant of attrition rate? They are. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And depends a little bit on on um, you know the the region and where you're at and how much unemployment there is as well and that kind of thing. But definitely, yeah, the values of company generally sure. probably play the biggest role, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, so, so it's interesting to see that, for me, it's interesting to see that there's that there is student involvement in educator assessments in 5,000 schools. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Uh, or it will be or can be once this is this is done, yeah. So, you know, we're moving from a big sort of local focus and niche player. The other side of this picture is that internationally, the rest of the world is, is working to, and catch-up might not be the right word, but I think, you know, scale-up is maybe a better way to the same level that we're seeing in the States, the the technology focus on HR. The, the there you know, we've got this, I don't think in and of themselves they're individually um, large conversations, but, you know, PageUp launching their first suite uh, people management solution for Australian SMBs called PageUp Express, as well as um, PeopleStrong buying a referral recruitment platform grown out and the Dutch HR startup um, Telemundo securing $1.3 million for international expansion is just sort of highlighting that we're starting to see investments in more regional and regionally focused technologies, I think, than what we've seen in the past. And that's sort of highlighted by LRP creating their HR Global Alliance um, with the ZoomConf personnel. Uh, just, you know, John, you and I talked a little bit about this, but it, but we're not quite sure exactly where this is going to head. But, uh, you know, this expansion is, is pretty big for LRP because for the longest time they were primarily just U.S.-focused, correct? It's It's a big deal. And... Um, they, they last week announced the acquisition of a, I believe, Singapore-based mm-hmm. conference company as well. So, so, so they are um, going global in a very big way, and I think that's I think that's right because global is is happening in a way that hasn't ever been the case before. I I routinely yeah. talk with. Indian technology companies who have more aggressive ideas about what products could be than anybody I see in the American space. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Like, like a lot. Like a lot. They, they were doing um, complex gamification performance management systems 
six or seven years ago, you know. Um, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, and we're just now starting to see those things. Well, you, you <laughs> so, know, and I... So, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, well, I, I mean, I, I know I just recently did a briefing with PeopleStrong, and I was blown away by how many, how the capability of their recruiting application. I kept thinking, is there something I'm missing here? Because this feels like it's got all the elements that you would need for the states as well. Um, they have no intention of coming to the United States. Their, their focus is on India. And I even sent an email out to all my friends in the recruiting space and said, am I missing something here? Because I don't look at recruiting as often as you guys do. Is This application seems like it's strong enough to, to meet our needs, too. I mean, as you said, they're they're a little bit farther down the, the road in some cases, right? Right, right. And and thinking about things differently. Yeah. Um, so, so I think we're going to see more influence coming what, what I think people might think of as upstream um, uh, from, from the global technology companies. And that's what, that's what the LRP move is all about. Yeah, definitely. Well, John, we have zipped through our 30 minutes, and we didn't get to talk about healthcare, so maybe we'll save that for next week because I think it's a, a well-worth conversation to talk about what's happening in the healthcare space, particularly if um, Amazon and Berkshire Hathaway and J.P. Morgan get to do what they're they're talking about doing in the technology space. But um, it's been a it's been a busy half hour already. So um, hopefully you have a very good presentation this afternoon. Oh, that's, I appreciate the good wishes and thanks for doing this again as usual. Another great conversation. Um, and thanks everybody for listening in. See you next week. Bye. Thanks everyone. Bye. Mm-hmm.